This is Against All Enemies, a show about threats to American democracy. Political violence is on the rise. An alarming percentage of Americans believe they may have to take up arms against their neighbors. Some are already doing so. Every weekday, Against All Enemies highlights the activities of extremist organizations and their enablers. Our goal is to educate, not to alarm. The threats are real. But if we know what we're up against, together we can beat them. We're going to show you the ways that these myths also connect Elon Musk and what he's done with Twitter with mass killers like Timothy McVeigh and Dylan Roof. Buckle up, folks. Even for Against All Enemies, this one gets weird. I'm Chris Goldsmith from Task Force Balder. As part of a group of veterans fighting fascism, we spend a lot of time working with others on interrupting the radicalization of our society. Specifically, the young white men most prone to falling to radicalization and the veterans so heavily targeted with propaganda by extremist groups. Today, we're going to talk about how myths about colonial Africa contribute to the white supremacist radicalization in our culture here in the U.S., and we're going to show you the ways that these myths also connect Elon Musk and what he's done with Twitter with mass killers like Timothy McVeigh and Dylan Roof. Buckle up, folks. Even for Against All Enemies, this one gets weird. The return of Nazis and white supremacists to Twitter since it was sold to Elon Musk has been a major blow to the efforts to curb white supremacist radicalization. It's easier than ever to find racist content on Twitter since they dismantled their trust and safety team. And Musk is now suing nonprofit groups for simply highlighting the facts that the Emerald Mine Prince has made Twitter or X or whatever it's called today a safe space for Nazis and white supremacists. Is Elon going to sue the veterans of Task Force Butler for saying this? I don't know. I guess we'll see. Always remember that Elon Musk is South African. He grew up enjoying all of the privileges of the apartheid regime. We can never know what's in someone's heart. We should always observe their actions, and from that, we can get a pretty good idea of their beliefs and values. In the case of Elon Musk, it's clear that the world's richest and most insecure man has put his thumb on the scale in favor of white supremacist content. In the last week, Elon Musk has made his most brazen overture to white nationalists. And that's saying something. Because I'm not even talking about him reinstating the accounts of anti-Semites like Kanye West or reinstating the accounts that were banned for posting swastikas and child abuse photos. As we'll show you, this big wink to white supremacists is being noticed by racists everywhere. What you see here is a video that shows members of South Africa's Economic Freedom Fighters Party singing a struggle song. These songs and their role in black South African culture contain multitudes, and it would take hours to fully unpack the layers of meaning inside what is happening in that video. The struggle song includes the lyrics, quote, shoot to kill, shoot the bower, kill the farmer, end quote. Standing outside the South African context, whatever any of us on the outside may say, we know this. 
a South African court ruled last August that this song was not hate speech and the lyrics were not meant to be taken literally. But for white supremacists, a video like this is catnip. The right-wing provocateur Benny Johnson declared, quote, this is all downstream from the rotten secular religion of wokeness and CRT plaguing America today. You have been warned, end quote. To which Musk tweeted, quote, they are openly pushing for genocide of white people in South Africa, end quote. Elon Musk, the richest, most attention-starved man in the world, amplified the white genocide conspiracy theory. In a minute, I'm going to explain the white genocide myth and why it's a very, very dangerous global lie. Almost immediately, white nationalists praised Musk for taking up their cause. As you can see, there's a deep paranoia in this sick and twisted white supremacist worldview that there is a master conspiracy to replace white Americans. The Great Replacement Conspiracy says that there's a plan for black people, Jews, immigrants, LGBTQ folks, everyone who isn't white, Christian, to step up and take over America. Tucker Carlson trafficked in this paranoid trash for years, filling the heads of countless Americans with the fear that's resulting in grandpas shooting kids for knocking on their door. So when Elon Musk, the richest and most shallow man in the world, says, quote, they are openly pushing for genocide of white people in South Africa, end quote, he's literally repeating the exact words and tapping the deepest paranoid fears of white supremacists. This fear of white replacement isn't new among racists. It's been a major presence in the United States since we were a slaveholding country. But this specific strain of this sickness, the part that Musk is amplifying, has its roots in colonial Africa. Once again, Elon Musk is a South African. He was shaped by the apartheid regime, which was deeply influenced by their equally oppressive and racist neighbor to the north, Rhodesia. Rhodesia broke away from Great Britain in 1965 so that the 3% of the country that was white could maintain minority rule over everyone else. In no time, this gave rise to a resistance movement in Rhodesia, and they were not alone. Africans across the continent were pushing back on European colonial rule. The Rhodesian government sold their racist war to the world by positioning it as a, quote, war on communism. And the Rhodesian war became a cause for US anti-communists. Now let's pause for a second. That sounds familiar, right? How many times have you heard extremists calling everyone left of Ayn Rand a communist? I don't think very many Americans have ever met a real communist, and communists certainly aren't getting elected to high office in the US. This is language that the Fox News types use to dehumanize and justify hatred. And once hatred is justified, violence follows. Now, back to the history. Conservative American anti-communists like William F. Buckley organized fundraisers for the Rhodesian cause in the 1970s. The Rhodesian Bush War ended in 1979, but the image of this racist colonial action has lived on as a kind of global lost cause, a false narrative about self-determination and freedom and fighting against 
impossible odds. But along the way, the idea that there was a noble cause in Rhodesia took hold in the United States. Soldier of Fortune magazine ran countless breathless stories glorifying the cause. They allowed ads to be taken out encouraging adventure-seeking men to sign up as Rhodesian mercenaries. While we know that American mercenaries had little effect on the wars in South Africa, they left an imprint on the U.S. as they returned home and brought their combat experiences into a growing right-wing paramilitary movement. For those who fought in Southern Africa, or the many more who fantasized about it, the disillusion of Rhodesia painted a grim future that could happen in the United States. Many believed that communists, liberals, African-Americans, Jews, and foreigners, or some combination of these groups, were trying to establish a totalitarian state in which guns would be illegal, religion would be outlawed, and racial mixing would be compulsory. Those ideas circulated throughout in underground press and formed the plot of the hugely popular far-right novel, The Turner Diaries. Published in 1978 as Rhodesia collapsed, this book tells the story of white American patriots who launch a guerrilla war against the totalitarian state known as the system, which had allowed African Americans and Jews to take over the country. Advertised alongside articles about Rhodesia and Angola in Soldier of Fortune and other paramilitary magazines, the Turner Diaries refracted the wars in Southern Africa into a tale that would inspire American domestic terrorism. Galvanized by that narrative, a growing number of Americans joined armed extremist groups in Michigan, Montana, Missouri, and elsewhere in the late 1970s and 1980s. They hoarded supplies, they did combat drills, and they talked of the apocalyptic struggle to come. By the early 1990s, America had a dispersed but coherent movement of militia, Klansmen, tax protesters, white separatists, and others plotting or engaged in violent actions. And to be clear, when I talk about tax protesters, I'm talking about people who kill federal agents because they don't want to pay taxes. I'm not talking about people who just don't like taxes. In this world, stories about Rhodesia and the armed Americans who tried to save it lived on. They served as paramilitary parables, urging racist Americans to take up arms against those they deemed domestic enemies, above all, African Americans. For US white supremacists, this isn't obscure boomer lore. The Rhodesian fantasy of white self-determination and resistance against a black force lives large in the minds of American white supremacists. One recent example highlights Rhodesia's continuing pull. On June 17, 2016, Dylan Roof murdered nine African Americans in a Charleston, South Carolina church. His aim was to start a race war. Before launching his assault, he published his white supremacist manifesto online. It's titled, The Last Rhodesian. So when Elon Musk, the world's richest white supremacist sympathizer, tweets, quote, they are openly pushing for genocide of white people in South Africa, unquote. It's not your garden variety attempt to get cheap attention. 
Elon Musk knows what the white genocide conspiracy theory means in the context of world history and in the context of white supremacist paranoia. Paranoia that leads to mass shootings right here in the United States. Elon Musk knows exactly who he's talking to when he amplifies the most vile white supremacist talking points. And white supremacists love him for it. Against All Enemies is produced by Ken Harbaugh in partnership with Task Force Belver. Our team includes our producer, Michael El Salsor, and the veteran volunteers who are bringing you intel and analysis through this show every day. Come back tomorrow for another Against All Enemies. Please like and subscribe to this channel and share this video with three friends who you know care about our democracy. And check us out at taskforcebutler.org.